0: Everybody, welcome back to Breakfast with Bob from the Hotel West End, beautiful Nice. My name is Bob Babbitt, brought to you by Master Spas as Fuels Go Longer, Hoka Let's Fly, bore Wetsuits, Form Smart Swim Goggles, Zoot Sports Original Triathlon brand, Quintana Roo Premium Plus Sports, and of course, our Challenge Athletes Foundation. We've now raised $159 million, sent out over 44,000 grants to keep challenged athletes in the game of life through sport. One of these years, I'm going to get Mr. Jan Ferdano to join me at the best day in try coming up October 22nd. And right now, though, he's getting ready for his final race as a professional triathlete. Mr. Jan Ferdano, three time Ironman world champion, two time Ironman 70.3 world champion, 2008 Olympic gold medalist. He has done it all. Jan Ferdano joins us from his palatial estate somewhere. <laughs> in Europe. Yeah. How are yeah. you doing, Jan?
1: very good that was that was a great addition at the end there (laughs) hanging out on my little backyard couch and um uh, trying to keep calm as long as possible
0: nice to see you bob Always such a pleasure it's funny i was chatting with mark allen yesterday and he said you know when i had announced that 95 was gonna be my last diamond world championship it was freeing it was like i thought it was gonna bring all this pressure on me but it was just the opposite i felt like hey i've got nothing to prove I've got, you know, I've won a bunch of these things and whatever happens on race day happens. So going into this, I've noticed you're traveling, you're training with the, with the kids, you're having fun. Is, are you looking at sort of the same way? Hey, listen, this is, this is going to be the last one. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. The, The, the journey is always an interesting one, you know, and it's, it's been, Full of the usual ups and downs, but uh, I've managed to surround myself with some good people um, and, and found a real calm place up here in the mountains. i um, been doing a lot of training with um, with uh, Brad Weiss from South Africa. And, you know, it's kind of like a full circle experience for me, just uh, connecting myself yeah, with um, quite a few South Africans at the moment, actually, and just living as much as I can. I, I do agree in terms of the pressure. Um you know, especially on this course, for me, it's just it's a massive challenge. it really is, and it's also what keeps me engaged it's what keeps me interested It's everything I kind of could ask for from the last dance you know um yes. I feel my my body's got one more um i I honestly don't think my body's got two more <laughs> it's <laughs> uh, it's uh, <laughs> It's been uh it's been tough to come here, to get here and um to be fit, healthy, ready, locked and loaded. So I'm I am totally looking forward to the weekend and I can very much relate to what Mark was saying.
0: The other part of this is is you know there's track record when you go to Kona, people sort of know who's gonna be where at what point. Where this is oh this is such a crapshoot because we've never seen all you guys racing on this course before, I mean, most of us have never seen anybody race on this course at all Eight thousand feet of climbing uh you've got you know obviously the best people in the world racing how do you see this thing playing out
1: it is a well and true um magic box because indeed you have all the people that have always won on these kind of courses and you know we talk about the french athletes being home to this kind of racing um but they've also never had to face against the best in the world at their peak, right. on their home on, the, on their home turf, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So on paper, yeah, I think it's it's definitely a course for the dark horses. But you know, I I really think that championship racing always brings out some the best and and makes the cream rise to the rise to the top and that's what we hope to see here you know i think some athletes um that you kind of see um very very strong you know even of course our all-time favorite everybody loves cam worth you know he's going to have a field day out there on this course he knows the course well um but there are just so many competitors that i see that um, would make it such an interesting race i think from a from a from a um
0: uh from a follower's perspective no question and, and it's interesting we were just chatting with magnus uh Dietliff a little bit ago and a lot of people were telling him oh you're too tall it's just not like of course for you you're too you know it's it's a it's a small person's course because percent sort of power climbing, so he goes. I don't. I I think it's a great course for me. Obviously, you're a tall guy. Uh, you look at this course. Does this course suit? Does this course suit you and suit your strengths?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, unlike Magnus, I don't have a five hundred watt FTP, so <laughs> I am tall. I <laughs> uh, duck my head in, but you know what? I think there are definitely parts that of this course that suit me. I mean, I've moved to the mountains here in Andorra, and and prepared as well as I can for this climbing, but you know technically I fancy myself as one of the better riders out there, and um, you know what goes up must come down, and that's definitely true on this course as well. You got eight thousand feet of climbing, you got eight thousand feet of descending, and it's technical, um, and you know what I, I like a good descent, and I like taking a lot of risk. And then we have a completely flat and fast marathon at the end, and you know that's also something I'm I'm really looking forward to. Um, so I've I've prepared well, and you know I am truly and genuinely uh, looking forward to seeing
0: what it's worth. What was really fun was watching a walkie and watching you have one of those magical days, right where. Huge crowds, PTO events in Milwaukee, the U.S. Open, uh, and you go off and, and win the thing. That's that had to be one of the. Uh, obviously, you had a main level. It's it's not the Olympic gold You look at and go, hey, all those young guys are here, and of course, it's not Ironman. It's not a seventy point three. It's less than that. That's not really where my strength is supposed to be right now. And then you win that. That that had to give you a little confidence.
1: Yeah, confidence, you know, is, is one of those things that that for us athletes, I think, comes and goes with with good preparation and 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 can be, um, can be there. But I will tell you what, it felt, it felt damn good. Like it felt really good. Uh, you know, it was pretty much spot on a year since I was in hospital, and I kind of swore to myself, I'm going to get back to the top just one more time, and you know. I'd prepared well the training had gone good and that's really all you can ask for as an athlete you know the in in the end there's there's a limited number of things that you can influence and um, I tried to play all my cards you know there's some mind games and there was this and it was it was good fun and um, that's that's really what you know I think that pdo kind of racing brings about it's just different dynamics and an exciting racing and 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 that's what I what I feel it was. And therefore I, I have to say that's probably one of my most cherished uh wins over the years.
0: So the other thing we chatted with Mark about was the fact that, you know, in his last race, he won a thing and never raced again. It was the ultimate mic drop. You know, you you're 13, 14 minutes behind off the bike, you run down this 25-year-old German guy named Thomas Hellriegel, and he, you know, he wins the race and says, I'm out. And a lot of times people say they're out and then they come back. Mark never has. That was it. And you know, you're know, you sort of in a position to do something very similar in your last race ever. Everybody knows it. And if you do what Jan Frodeno does, which is win, you've got that ultimate <laughs> mic drop. So sort of like, hey, see ya. It's been nice.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing to think about. I mean, honestly, it's you know it does come up in in conversation and in, in my thoughts, obviously, and the realization that it really is a lifetime of of working for an opportunity. Um, I see it as an opportunity. I don't see it as a, as a must happen. I don't see it as a as a you know um, something that's certainly not for granted. It's an extreme challenge. And we've actually dubbed it the the Project Moonshot, because this for uh, for me it is roughly that you know it's just it's a very very tall ask, and it's a beautiful race, spectacular race, but you know that would indeed be yes the ultimate mic drop. I mean, um, it's uh, uh, so many things coming together that that would indeed of course be the ultimate crown for what feels like a lifetime of being a triathlete.
0: So you could have gone off in isolation and got ready for this last race, but you've involved the family, the kids are out there. It's, it's just it's been really a fun journey doing this as a family.
1: Yeah, you know what? I mean, part of the reason why I'm retiring is because I'm sick and tired of saying no to my kids. Uh, um, they're They're not around forever and they're not young forever and then also not going to want to play soccer with me forever despite being a soccer player in the world (laughs) you know i think they're going to grow out of that pretty quick and so i just naturally have always found when i restrict myself too much when i you know live too much like a monk out in the middle of nowhere it it, it just tends to backfire i believe the sport is hard enough and the racing's hard enough, it needs, I personally need to come from a place of happiness and um, there is no one I care about more than my family, so being able to share that is is just, you know, it's, it, frankly spoken, it's wonderful and they get it and they love the racing and you know, the medals and then the swim and what's going to happen on the bike. And, you know, they're just such fierce little cheerers. Even when I see the face of my, my little girl, when she starts cheering me on, she just gets in a real fan mode and it's, 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 you know, it's a beautiful thing to share. And
0: like most things, they're better when you can share them. Over the years we've done a lot of interviews and one of the things that always hit me is, yeah, it, you you're I think it was when you're in South Africa and basically your mom said you're going to take swimming lessons because I'm worried about you drowning in the surf. You know, you, we've got to teach you how to swim, which led to basically everything we have today, where I think a lot of a lot of age group people, a lot of age group athletes think that a God Ferdano is identified at the age of seven years old. He's going to be an elite triathlete and we'll train him to go to the Olympics, etc. They don't realize that you were the same as everybody else. You, know, you had to learn how to swim and had to, you know, become an, an age grouper and then become a pro and all the rest of that. When you look back at this lifetime journey, it just has to be so special thinking about where you started and where you've come now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I've, I, I started with 19. I mean, that's kind of, you know, it's a late age to start with any kind of serious sport I wasn't even professional at 19 I just started with triathlon did my first one and you know swimming I I learned to swim when I was 15 and yeah that's it's just simply too late you know if you look at high performance swimmers they're all swimming by the time they're five yes getting serious by the time they're seven and you know I think triathlon is very unique that way because it 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 asks for a for a different kind of skill set um, but to this day, you know, I I have never ever had a great performance test. I've never gone to the lab and somebody said, "Oh my God, this guy is going to tear things apart." I've always been told, "Nah, you do this. You're not flexible enough. You're too heavy. You don't have enough power." Blah blah blah. But then when it comes to racing that seems to come and and, and ask for a very unique set of skills that somehow I seem to have learned in, in, in those 15 or 19 years until I started. But um, I couldn't agree more with you that it's been a wonderful journey and incredible time of going through so many different versions of myself and, you know, coming out here and, and being at a point where, you know, I'm, I'm I'm genuinely I'm, I'm I'm a bit sad you know I'm I'm looking forward to Sunday I'm 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 looking I'm I'm really yeah nervous and excited and all those things I was 20 years ago when I went to a start line um and at the same time you know yeah at some stage you have to say well it's been beautiful it's been enough um you know I'm I'm leaving because I can and not because I hate the sport. Um, you know, I will always be connected to the sport in, in in some way or another that I've got to figure out soon. But um, yeah, it's it's certainly also been an emotional roller coaster the last few weeks.
0: It's funny whenever people doubt when people doubt somebody's greatness. And I always just look at when you won the Olympics in two thousand eight. At what what race number were you? You were like number.
1: 27, maybe?
0: Yeah. 27. Not one, yeah. not two, not three, <laughs> not a seated guy, not a guy expected to win, but a guy with like 27, something along that line, which means that you've made a career of proving people wrong. Right. And it's that's what, what always impresses me because the only person who believed, like, besides your group around you, that Jan Frodeno was going to win a gold medal that day was Jan Frodeno. And you, there was no doubt in your mind. You've done all the sprints, every workout finished with a 200, right? Because you knew it was going to come down to a sprint and it did. It was almost like it was preordained and you beat Simon Winfield and get the gold medal. And that leads to everything else that we, we see today. But that mindset of I'm a champion and I'm always going to be a champion. Where do you think that comes from?
1: I've wondered that many times because I, I think it is something unique. You know, when I see, a lot of athletes I'm, I'm always the worst predictor of performance. I'm always like this guy he's going to take the world apart and then you know the numbers add up but but other things don't. And I so. um yeah I, I to be very honest I I couldn't tell you but I've always had this thing of really enjoying winning and hating losing um that was something that it's is definitely inbred that I I have had no control over. Um, but you know, yeah, indeed it's finding a good way. And then as Simon Whitfield said, you know, you do it for 98% of the right reasons and 2% is for the a-holes out there that say you can't do it. (laughs) And there there is that. And it, it, it does, it rubs me up the wrong way. And for some lucky reason, I've just been able to turn that
0: anger into some kind of positive forward motion. I love that. And the other thing you're doing, and we've seen it over the years when, You know, Dave Scott came to Ironman in 94 at the age of 40 after being retired for five years and took second. Everybody thought, this guy's not even going to be a factor. And Mark Allen won his last Ironman at the age of 37. Crowley, I think, was 38. I don't know if we've had an Ironman world champion male at at 40 years old, but uh, there's certainly no reason why not.
1: You have to say, like, in terms of physiology and in terms of numbers, um, I I'm actually the fittest I've ever been. Uh, I'm moving better, uh, in terms of Ironman performance. Um, yeah. you know, the peaks the peaks are not what what they used to be, but they don't need to be in an Ironman. Um, but there's also no doubt you know the sport has definitely progressed and, and things have happened, and um, you know, it's it, it's been an interesting year. Of course, last year I didn't. Get to train or run at all, I think um, I I ran less. Yeah, I did, I did not run double-digit sessions outside last year, so less than ten sessions that I actually got to run all of last year. I started running again in November, so you know there there was a bit of a base missing earlier in the year and um, just some miles and routine. And luckily, I've been able to catch up on that, and the preparations gone really well, and therefore. You know, um, it's all to play. And and genuinely, there is a sense of anticipation and wondering and curiosity as to see what all these young guns are up to. Because, you know, you see someone like Magnus and how he lifted the bar. I mean, we were both there and saw the race live in Roth. It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and um, I'm just grateful to be in a shape And in a condition that I say, okay, well, let's, let's see what it's all, what it's all worth. Let's see what, yeah, what I can make, what I can make happen in this kind of field.
0: It used to be people came to Ironman after, you know, you had your Olympics in 2012 and you, then you move on and you're, you know, basically 10 years ago. So you're, you're in your early thirties when people moved on to Ironman, these guys are basically yep. coming out of diapers and you know, immediately getting, getting a, getting TT bike and going long. They're going 21, 22 years old. I can't yep. imagine where the times are going to go with guys getting in that young. What What are your thoughts in terms of the, the, just this younger crop that's coming in and where the sport is going?
1: Oh Honestly, it's like, like for me as a fan to watch the sport, it's, it's absolutely remarkable. You know, you see the kind of, um, the kind of big days that are able to be produced because, you know, let's be honest at 22, you're recovering better than at 42. There is no doubt. No and I've had, a, I've had a few days here. I mean, I always suffer at altitude, but you know, you just find like going back to back big days is, is a struggle. It, it genuinely becomes a struggle. And, you know, I, like the last few weeks I've spent two to three hours every single day, just trying to get my body into shape so that I can swim, bike, or run. Um, And, you know, that's what these guys spend recovering or spend running or swimming or cycling. And it's definitely a stage in the sport where also, you know, science is kind of moving along. And I think we're getting to a point where, yeah, um, the training is going back to being honest and being quite a lot more than we were what we were used to i think for a while there there was just this whole trend on doing low volume and low miles and trying to get the quality up but this next generation is able to hold up the quality and the miles and you know that just simply adds up it may not add up to a 23 year long professional career um but you know i think most of us initially go into the sports Saying we're here for a good time, not a long time, and that's um, it, it's kind of worked out both ways for me. But um, yeah, just the kind of high end performances coming out of there uh, are pretty mind blowing.
0: Over the years, uh, I've always looked at whoever the Ironman champion is is really the representative of our sport. That's a person who gets interviewed the most. That's a person who the media relates to as the sort of leader of the sport. And there's really no one who has represented the sport as well as you have, as what I call the sort of a leader of the sport, uh, as somebody who represents the sport at the ultimate highest level. Uh, I want to thank you personally, if we don't get a chance before this race, just for what you've brought to the sport, for the fact that you're always giving back, what you've created with your little track for kids, and just, just thinking about how I can raise money for charity, how can I help others? always being there for the other pros to answer their questions and to sort of be that guiding light for them. I really appreciate that. Cause it's, it's important. You're following the heritage of Mark Allen, Dave Scott, to be Frazier and people who did it the right way. And you, my friend have definitely done it the right way. Well, Bob,
1: you know, the saying goes, it takes one to know one. And I think uh, in terms of being charitable and being a voice of the sport, um, you, you are the benchmark. And, um, you know, for me, to be honest, um, you know, in this whole discussion to be named alongside those greats of our sport is something that genuinely gives me goosebumps. And, um, you know, I was just a kid going out there wanting to change my stars and, and, and have a great time doing it. And, um, you know, the triathlon family is, uh, has been wonderful to me and, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, very much. Oh, even a little bit emotional, um, <laughs> thinking about it all and, um, yeah, looking forward to, to staying apart and, and being apart uh, uh, from the sidelines in the future. But for now, it's uh, it's on to one more. Well, and
0: hopefully a Monday morning interview. I can't wait. <laughs> Nor can I. There will be champagne. <laughs> we will provide the champagne. Jan <laughs> Vergeno has been our guest again. Breakfast with Bob from beautiful Nice. Jan will be racing for his final time here at Ironman uh, World Championship coming up on Sunday and thank you so much for taking so much time. I know I went over my, my 15 minutes, but I needed to.
1: <laughs> Love it, Bob. Absolutely. Always a pleasure to chat. And uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you, buddy. Take care. You Bye. too.